good. We are good. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Excellent. Excellent. Um, so glad that you guys are here. Thanks, Carissa. I appreciate you each and every time. No matter what anyone else says. No, I'm just kidding. No one else says anything. And they better not say anything. Um, uh, we're in our series called Jesus uh, Part 3. And uh, what we've been talking about is that we all have formed this type of Jesus from a certain perspective or theology or agenda. But very few of us have actually had an experience, an encounter with him, right? We've been told about him. We've been told about who he is. But some of us, um, not, and I'm not saying necessarily in this room, but in the world of Christendom or Christianity, some of us have never experienced Jesus. And so, therefore, if we've never had that experience or encounter with him, all we know about Jesus is what we've been told by people, by culture, by, by pastors, you know, well-intending people want to tell us about Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. If you haven't had an experience or an encounter with Jesus, it's very hard to believe in him. It's very difficult because a lot of us grew up uh, with the perspective that Jesus sometimes we have this undeveloped view of him. And so we begin to serve a Jesus that's not the Jesus of the Bible, but he's a Jesus that we created in our minds or in our society or in our thoughts and our culture. And so um, and that Jesus doesn't is not the same Jesus that's in the Bible. I know last week we we spoke about, who, um, well, the first week, excuse me, we spoke about who Jesus is, and we read exactly from the Bible. And last week, we spoke about Jesus being, uh, uh, if, he's the, if he's God and he's good enough, if, he's, if you're allowing him to step in the middle of your sense of justice, right? Like, we know last week a lady was going to get stoned. She was going to get, we talked about cancel culture and how she was going to get canceled by society, and Jesus stepped in the middle and said, no, 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 we don't believe in cancel culture here. Before we keep going, I want to pray over this word. And Father God, I pray that wherever my voice is heard, Lord, that your spirit is there. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. We welcome you in here, Holy Spirit. We want an encounter with you, Jesus. We want to meet you in a new way, Lord God. Continue to reveal yourself to us through this message, Lord. We need you more than ever. We need you more than ever. Let these words meet a soft heart and fertile ground. Take over, Holy Spirit. In your name I pray, amen. And so why does that matter? Why does all that matter? Because we, we, I know and we know that every great lie, what has pieces of the truth in it, right? Every lie that you've heard that has sustained some type of time always has a little bit of truth in it. It's not usually like a complete lie that lasts. It's always a lie with a little bit of truth. And, and I believe that sometimes that or, or the society that we've grown up in, we've taken these images of Jesus that are on your screen, if they're not on your screen, no worries. Um, and we've said, this is Jesus. This is who he is. And I feel like the closer we try to nail him down to an image or, or, or nail him down to what we created him to look like, the further away from Jesus we become. Because Jesus is not created in our image. He's a God of the Bible. He existed before us. 
He was 100% man and 100% God. And I think I've been writing this and I was working on this this week and I realized sometimes we miss Jesus in the midst of our lives because he doesn't look like what we think he should look like in certain situations and points. Right? Anyone, and you understand that, right? Does that make sense? Like, there are times in our life where we need Jesus to show up in a certain way. And we're like, all right, God, I need some provision. And we think Jesus is going to show up in the form of finances. And that's what we expect him to show up as, right? Anyone? Am I by myself this morning? And we're expecting Jesus to show up. All right, God, I need direction. And there are moments in our lives when we want Jesus to look like our answer that we want. And we want Jesus to look like what we want him to look like and not allow him to be who he needs to be in that moment, season, and space. We say, God, I need you to show up. I need a house. I need a promotion. I need, I need something. And it's just like, okay, Jesus, come the way I want you to come. Come in the way I expect you to come. I need you to show up in this desperate situation in which I'm lacking. I need you to show up. But then when he doesn't show up the way we think, he should show up. We get discouraged. Anyone else get discouraged like that? When you're like, Jesus, where are you? Like, you know what I need, right? It says that you'd give me the desires of my heart. That's what you said. My heart's desiringness. Why aren't you showing up? Where are you? Are you taking a vacation? Are you in the Bahamas? Are you listening? Right? So, if we, like, if we lack finances, we want Jesus to show up and look like finances, right? Like a provider. If we're confused, we want Jesus to look like direction. If we're lacking food, we want Jesus to look like nourishment. And I find that in the Bible, Jesus seldom looks like what we want him to look like in the moment. Jesus never looks like what we want him to look like. We want him to look like the direct answer. And you have to understand that Jesus never shows up and looks like what we want him to look like. But when he shows up, he ends up being everything that we need. He never looks like what we want him to look like. But when he shows up, he's everything that we need. When Jesus is in the room, he is everything that we need. And there are so many Christians and there are so many people out there who are so angry with Jesus because he didn't show up in the way that they wanted him to show up. He didn't show up that way. But you have to understand, when Jesus shows up, everything is with him. Everything is with him. Jesus always shows up in what you need and not what you want. And there are times in your life and seasons in your life when you expected him to show up in a certain way. And he's, he's sitting in there and he's in, that, and he's in that space. He's like, I know that's what you want, but that's not what you need right now. I, I, know, I know you want to be in a relationship, but that's not what you need right now. I know you want to have, I know you need, I know you want all these finances to buy these things and to provide these things. But let me work on, let me work on your integrity right now. Let me, work on, let me work on these things before, before we just jump and say, oh, well, God, I need you to show up like this. And so he's going to show up exactly. See, I believe that so many times, and you guys, we say it almost every week, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. 
And you have to understand that. You have to hear me on that. That Jesus, he's not a credit card. He's not a vending machine. You don't walk up to him and put in your order and out comes whatever you want. He's there to give you everything that you need. And sometimes what we want and what we need, they get a little confusing. Right? Some of us are like, I need, I need the new iPhone. I need it. And my other phone is just garbage. It works perfectly fine. I believe that there are moments in our life when Jesus is present in our situations in our life, but he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. And that can be very frustrating for some of us sometimes, especially like my extroverts out there. It's like, God, I need you in this moment, but I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't feel you with my senses and we believe in that moment that he is not there but see you have to understand that just because you can't feel him with your senses doesn't mean he's not there it doesn't mean that he's not noticing it doesn't mean that he's not in control of the situation he is in control he's just waiting for you to say okay this is you okay I notice that you're here and so it says, in, it says it in scripture, it says that if we ask and we seek and we knock, we will find him. But what happens when we find him? Does he look like what we're looking for? So if we're going to title this message, you can title it, you're not the Jesus I'm looking for. You're not the Jesus I'm looking for. It says that when we seek out Jesus, that we will find him and we will be found by him. But do we keep on doing what we're doing, even though the Jesus that's in the room is not the one we are looking for? I'm going to read you guys a story in the Bible that you guys have heard many, 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 many times. But I don't want you to check out. This is not a time to check out. All right. This is not. Jeremy's word. This is a word from the Holy Spirit. So I want you to just listen to me. Uh, in Luke 10, we find two sisters, right? We've heard of this, Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, it says in Luke 10, 38, it says, as Jesus and the disciples continue on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guest. She must have kept her house dirty before then. Numerous. No, I'm just kidding. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all this work by myself? She pays half the rent. Her name is on the title. Why is she cleaning up? I'm cleaning up. I see that you're here. Why aren't, like, tell Mary to help me? Anyone ever feel like that at work? Like, you're the one doing work, and you're doing your job, and you're doing someone else's job, and then you look at them, and you look at, the, like, your leader or manager talking to the person whose job that you're currently doing, and you're like, y'all see me running around here like a chicken with my head cut off, and you're just going to sit here and talk and laugh? What's so funny? No. Why don't you get her to help me? Then the Lord answered, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you so upset and troubled and pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? 
Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Martha got frustrated. Martha, listen, I know in this story, my old girl Martha always gets a bad rap, you know. She's there showing hospitality, and she invited Jesus over. She's making sure everything is clean. She's making sure everything's put away. She's making sure she's got the good plates out, right? Do you, do you guys have people at your house sometimes? No? Okay. It depends on how many times you've been to my house. If you've been to my house more than three times, you get in paper plates. We, we love you. We love you, but we also don't love washing dishes when you leave. Um, and Martha had right intentions. Martha's intentions were right. She wanted to clean and make sure the place looked great. She wanted to make sure it was organized. She, wasn't, she gets a bad rap. She was just showing hospitality. There's a guest coming over. There's the disciples coming over. The house needs to look clean. We got to organize. We don't clean every week, you know, like life is going on. And so we just need to make sure that everything's put in the right place. Everything needs to be put away. Put the kids in the other room. Get the lint roller. Put out the, put out, no, don't put out that. Put out the good stuff. And she's so distracted. She's so worried about everything that's going on. And I realized, and I was reading in this story, I was, I was felt like, God, what are you, what are you, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me? The reason why Martha was so distracted was because that wasn't the Jesus she was looking for. And how does that apply to us? What do you mean that's not the Jesus she was looking for? She was showing hospitality. But it's like you have to understand that the, the worst time to work is when Jesus is on the scene. The worst time to get distracted is when Jesus is on the scene. See, she was organizing her house. She's putting all this stuff away because she's like, Jesus is here. And I'm trying to like, I'm going to put all this stuff away. But she's being distracted. And that's like some of us. You have to understand that when Jesus is on the scene, that's the worst time to start organizing your house. It's the worst time to, because if he's in the room, I don't need to be doing all this stuff. And a lot of us, we're working and exasperating ourselves and trying to clean our house and trying to post on social media and trying to stay relevant and make it clean and try to make a statement about where you stand in policies and, try to, and trying to look and have this image of cleanliness and you're working and Jesus is sitting right there in the midst of your situation and he's sitting in the midst of your brokenness and he's sitting in the midst of your mess, but you're in your own strength trying to clean everything up and Jesus is saying, if you would just sit and listen to me, you wouldn't be exasperating yourself right now. But the reason why Martha kept on going and she got frustrated is because that's not the Jesus she was looking for. Some of us are in this room and we're trying to hold so many things together and we're trying to, to shape and hold so many things together. And there are times when Jesus is literally sitting in a moment. He's sitting in a space. He's sitting in a room and he's saying, if you just give me your attention, I will give you strength. I'll give you direction. But sometimes what we do is like, well, Jesus... Right now, I'm cleaning my house or I'm trying to organize it because I needed you to look like finances. And since you don't look like finances right now, I'm going to keep on doing what I need to do until you look like what I want you to look like. 
right? How many of us do that? How many of us are like that? Jesus, I, I can't give you much attention right now. My kids are acting crazy. So, you know, if you could just sit right there, I'll be back. Like, talk, talk amongst yourself. I'll be back. I'm going to go try and, you know, for, coerce my kids to, to love you. And I'm going to go beat them with the Bible. And I'm going to go, you know, I'll do anything in my own strength. Because right now, I need you to look like a disciplinarian. I need you to look like peace, but you don't look like peace right now. So just sit right there. I'll be right back. How many of us do that, right? Here's a better one. God, I need you to look like a, a spouse right now. Jeez, I know you're in the room. I need you to look like a spouse. But I'm going to keep going on this app over here and keep on swiping left and right until you look like a spouse or you look like someone who looks like or you know somebody who knows somebody until they're sitting in this room I'm going to keep on swiping left and right and keep on searching until you look like that how many of you? right god I know I know you came in and you're the prince of peace and, and you hold my future together, but right now I need to keep grinding and I need to keep on getting promoted at my job so I get more money and so I get more notoriety and so that I'm more favorable to people. And right now you don't look like a promotion. You look like a deterrent from a promotion. You, you don't even want me to get the promotion. So just sit right there. I'll get to you when I get to you. Now, when, when I need peace, I'll come back over and you can give me your peace. We put Jesus in a box and we're so distracted by life. And we're so distracted by all the things in our house, right? I'm not talking about your physical house. I'm talking about like your spiritual house or, or, or your mental. You're, you're so, we're so distracted by, you know what, I need to make sure I do this and I need to make sure I do that. And you know, God, right now, Jesus, you don't look like what I need you to look like. And so I'm going to put you right over here. No, that's cool if, if Mary talks to you like you can talk to her but I'm going to be focusing on all these other things that I'm going to try and do in my own strength isn't that isn't that crazy that the creator of the universe can be literally sitting in our midst but we're so distracted by everything else and if he doesn't look like what we want him to look like we dismiss him and it's like I get to you when I get to you now, when you start looking like what I want you to look like, then I'll give you my attention. And the thing is, here's the crazy thing about it. Martha invited him over. Jesus didn't invite himself because he's a gentleman. She invited him over. She had him over. How many times in our life do we have the consistent prayer of Jesus, could you show up in this moment? Jesus, I want to draw near to you. I want to be close to you. I want your presence in this room. But it's, and then when he comes, it's just like, that's not the presence I want. When Jesus comes in his presence and it's a presence of, of, of correction or it's a presence of, of love or it's a presence of, it's just like, Jesus, that's not what I'm looking for right now. I'm looking for a healing right now. 
I know that you're on the scene. I know you're pr the Prince of Peace. I know you're the great I am. But right now I need a healing and you're not looking like a healing. And we have to get to a place, believers, is that we can't pick and choose what attribute of Jesus we want. We have to say, Jesus, show up. However you want to show up, teach me. Whatever you want to teach me, change me. However you want to change me. I'm not going to put a limiter on you. I'm going to stop cleaning this house. I'm going to stop being distracted by other things or looking at things to keep me busy. But I want to look, I want to look like you. I want to sit at your feet. And I want to see what I love about this story is that like Jesus, he, when, when Martha starts snitching, because she was snitching, um, uh, she was like snitching on Mary and, and he goes, Martha, Martha, you are my beloved. Why are you so caught up with all these distractions? Why are you so worried about all these things? Why are you worried about it? Well, God, I'm worried about it because if I don't do it, no one else is going to do it. Right. How many of us? We do that. I do the same thing. If I don't do it, no one else is going to do it. But he's like, but I'm in the room. But I'm in the room. And some of us, we need to understand that the reason why we're in some of these cycles and the reason why we're, some, we're in, some, in some poor and unhealthy cycles is because we, kept on, we keep on getting distracted, right? We keep on trying to clean up our house. We want to organize it. We keep on getting distracted. And we have not yet understand that the reason why we haven't gotten to the next season or the reason why we haven't grown or the reason why God hasn't changed us is because we didn't sit and get instructions we were just so busy with everything else we were just so busy with being busy we were just busy with these distractions and some of us have the same prayer over and over again God I need to hear you God I need to hear you God I'm waiting for you to show up in my life God I need direction I need vision and Jesus is saying sit and be still and know that I am God. A lot of us burn so much energy doing things that we don't need to be doing where we would save and even grow if we were just to sit in our prayer time and sit in our Bible reading time and saying, God, I want to hear from you. I know you hear from me all the time, but I want to receive instruction from you. Uh, and, and you guys know this, like, I have a relative who is like sacrilegiously against reading the instruction manual and it stresses me out. Anyone have those people in their family? Oh, I'll do it. And they just start banging and pounding stuff. It's like, yo, Fred Flintstone, chill out. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're just hitting stuff and you're just putting stuff where it doesn't belong. What, what are you doing? And something, y'all gonna see the spiritual part in this. Something that should take 30 minutes ends up taking two hours. Why? Because you didn't read the instructions. So not only did you put it together wrong, you have to take it now, you have to take it apart. And then you got to go read the instructions. And then you got to go back to it. 
Something that should have taken 30 minutes takes you two hours. And I want to let some of you guys know, some of you guys are in the same season over and over and struggling with the same fight. And something that should have lasted a little bit is taking you a lot longer because you didn't sit next to Jesus and get instruction. You didn't go to Jesus and say, you know what, before I make a move, before I go out on this endeavor, tell me which way you want me to go. Give me wisdom on where you're directing me because I know if I just go on this on my own, I'm going to burn energy that is unnecessary. But if you speak to me and you give me direction, what would take me one year in Christ Jesus can take me one month. So you know what? Let me stop being distracted with the things of the world that has nothing to do with me. And Lord God, I'm going to give you all of my focus and all of my attention. Because any time that Jesus is sitting, is on the scene, any time he's in the room, any time we ask him to show up, and he says, if you ask, I will be there. There's instruction, there's wisdom, there's vision, there's peace. And he's always not just answering your one prayer. He overwhelms you with all the things. Everything. It's not like Jesus shows up on the scene and you're like, oh, I know you've been praying for peace, so here's peace. No, no, no. Jesus shows up on the scene and he goes, here's my love. Here's my joy. Here's my wisdom. Here's some maturity. Here's some insight. I'm going to throw peace in there too. But this is just a cornucopia. You're getting everything. Here's everything that you're going to need for this season. Here's everything that you need. God, how come you're not blessing my work? How come I'm not seeing growth? You have to understand that when Jesus is in the room, that is not the time to work. It's the time to listen and receive instruction. In our prayer times, in our Bible reading times, in the times when we're spending with God, we have to understand that is not the time to work. That's the time to receive instruction. There are times... Listen, I know, we know, it's, it's really hard to read the Bible every day, right? Right? We make it difficult. We make it difficult. It's not that difficult. We make it difficult. But I realize when, I, when I'm in my word and when I'm praying and I'm having my daily devotional, that when I sit down with Christ, there's something that happens to my day. And the things that would typically aggravate me don't aggravate me. Or the things that would typically overwhelm me aren't that overwhelming because I took time to spend with the Father. I, and the thing is, he, he always equips me for the day. He always equips me for the day. It's not, it's not that, oh, I'm going to Jesus and I'm checking the box. It's just like, God, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here at your feet because I just believe that whatever you're going to give to me is going to equip me for the day. And in the days where I get distracted, in the days where I just start without him, I always find myself doing much more work than I anticipated. And I'm a little bit more burnt out and I'm a little bit more exhausted and my, sometimes my, my, my temper is just a little off or it's just like, oh, I got another thing to do. When Jesus is on the scene, that's, that's not the time to do work. It's the time to listen and receive instruction. If we go to Mark 2, if we go to Mark 2, we see a similar thing in Mark 2, 18 to 20. It says, now, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Right. They were fasting. 
fasting is not a bad thing, right? We know this. Fasting is not a bad thing. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? And Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? They cannot. So as long as they have him and are with him. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. And on that day, they will fast. Jesus is saying, why would they fast when I'm here? Why would they do that? I'm, I'm right here. I'm in the flesh. I'm right here. Why, why do they need to fast? They don't need to fast right now. But there's a day when, I, when I'm leaving. That's when you'll need to fast. That's when you'll need to fast, not when I'm here. Like, family, we are so inundated by so many distractions in the world. We are so concerned by with so many things that are going on in the world, especially in the season that we're in. We're so distracted by so many things. And some of us and a lot of us have been making sure that our house looks clean. That we're projecting the right image or the image that we want or we're putting out what we think we should look like. And we've been so concerned with that. And yet we've been telling Jesus, hey, come over to our house. But we haven't been paying him any mind. And the thing is, is that he's there. He, God is not playing some cosmic hide and seek. That's not the God that we serve. God is not saying, oh, I'm going I'm, I'm to come over, but I'm going to go hide in a room, and then you got to go find me in that room. That's not the God that I serve. That's not the God that, that, that we serve. He is a God that says, hey, when you ask, when you seek, and when you knock, you will be found by me. I, you will find me. It's not that you have to look under things or move things or adjust things. When you seek me with all of your heart, you will be found by me. And I think that God right now, Jesus is telling the entire Christian world, stop being distracted and stop trying to clean the house. You don't have to worry about the house because I own this house. This church is my bride. Don't worry about cleaning the house. Don't be distracted about all these other things. Don't be distracted by argument. Don't be distracted by who's, who's, who, what, who, whomever's voting for. Don't be distracted by that. Don't be distracted by, by what the church is going to look like. Don't be distracted with that. You have to understand, I'm sitting in the room. You invited me. For years, the church has been praying, God, let there be a revival, a pandemic hit, and we got distracted by the pandemic while Jesus is saying, I'm sitting in this room. We've been praying, God, let there be a revival in the church. The American church needs revival. It's dying. And then what did we do? We did everything. We're doing everything in our power to change the look of our house. And Jesus sitting in the room. He said, if my people would just turn from their wickedness and stop being distracted, I'm going to give you instruction. I'm going to give you instruction. But you guys are just so concerned with how you look online. Ooh. Ooh. That, that hit me too, y'all. 
You're so concerned by how you're streaming. You're co- so concerned with, with uh, political figures. You're so concerned with if I'm being presented properly. Listen, no one needs to present me. I present myself. When I'm on the scene, I don't need no one to introduce me. I've withstood the test of time. I stand outside of it. I was dead and now I'm alive and I reign forever. I'm in the room. Shift your attention. Shift your attention. Stop focusing on the day-to-day minutiae. That's all going to go away. All that matters is, is your soul with me. See, Martha wasn't doing anything that's bad. And that's the thing, family. You don't have to be, we're not doing anything that's bad. It's not that she was like, you know, she wasn't doing anything terrible and she wasn't like playing music in the background. No, she wasn't doing that. She was just distracted. She was just distracted. And that story, and this entire story, and I know sometimes we want to look at this story and say, oh, it's about Martha being distracted. This story is in the Bible not because of Martha and Mary. This story is in the Bible to show us that when Jesus is on the scene, sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we're distracted and we miss it. It's not about the sisters. It's about us. It's about us. I mean, it's about us being distracted from him. It's not about them. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus showing us like, hey, guys, family, children, don't be distracted by the things of this world, but be renewed. Let me renew you every day. Let me gain your refocus because when you refocus on me, there's power. It says that the, the interesting thing about this story is that Jesus is at Mary. And I think sometimes we look at Mary and it's just like, oh, Mary was, she was just the, be- the better sister, you know? No, that's not it at all. She wasn't the better sister. He says it right here. I'm going to read it to you. Mary in verse 42 Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this from her. She is undistracted. I'm not going to take this from her. See, this, this entire story, because I always pray, God, why, why is this in the Bible? Because this is just, why is this in the Bible? This story is about Jesus. This entire scene is about Jesus. The entire scene is about Jesus. You don't want to know what it's also about? Our decisions. Every day you have to make a decision. We saw two examples of a decision. We saw Martha who decided, God, I need to make sure everything's squared away. And then there's Mary. He said that she was undistracted. I wonder how many times in our life when Jesus shows up on the scene that we get undistracted. I mean, guys, uh, (laughs) the attention span of society is... Plummeted. 
with the oncoming of social media, right? Our attention wanes and it's so quickly gone. But how many times have we sat in our quiet places? How many times have we sat in our rooms, in our cars while we're driving to work, while we have a moment and we just say, God, I, I just want to hear your voice. Because I know when, when I hear your voice, you change everything. I know, I know when I hear your voice, like, all the weight, all the heaviness of life goes away. I know when I hear your voice, I'm, I'm less, I have less anxiety. I know when I just sit and I, and, and I just wait on you that you'll talk to me. It says that he didn't take it away from her. He didn't take it away from her. I realize, and, I, and as I was studying this, like, Mary heard what Martha was saying. Chris, if you don't mind coming up and playing. Mary heard what Martha was saying. She was sitting right there. Jesus, how come you don't tell her to help me? And I realize that there are times and moments in our life where we're going to have Marthas in our life who say, hey, you need to help. You need to help and do this. You need to be a part of doing that. Hey, you need to do this. And we just need to keep our focus like Mary. Because she made the decision. She made the decision that as soon as Jesus walked in the room, she made the decision like, I'm not worried about the house. I'm not worried about the dishes. I'm not worried about these kids. I'm not worried about Martha clanging and banging in the background. I'm not worried about the food. I'm not worried about all these things that I need Jesus to provide for me for. My provision is right at his feet. I'm not worried about what I need to do. Jesus is in the room because he's already done it. I'm not worried about all that. I'm not, I'm not going to be stressed out. And how many of us as believers are stressed out about things? And Jesus is saying, just sit at my feet. Just stay right here. Jesus didn't send her to go help Mary. He didn't send her to go. He protected her. He's like, no, no, no. She chose what's important. She chose what's important. I'm not, I'm not going to move her. I'm not going to tell her to help you. She knows who's in the room. I guess my question for all of us is, are we bold enough to tell the distractions no? Are we strong enough that when life is making all the noise in the background and everyone's pulling for your attention and everyone's pulling for your help, are we focused enough to say, no, 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 no. My father's in my room right now. Jesus is on the scene. He's in my house. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to clean the house because he, he cleans it up already. I don't need to make it look any better because he knows my mess and he accepted me this way. And the beauty about the story is that 
Jesus stepped into a house that to Martha she deemed unorganized and messy. She invited him over. She knew her house was messy. She knew it. And then she tried to clean it up while Jesus was there. Martha knew her house was disorganized and disheveled. You want to hear the beauty about that? Is that if you don't know Jesus, you can still invite Jesus to your house. You can still invite Jesus to your life. He knows your house is messy. He knows it's disheveled. He knows it's not organized. But when he comes into your house, he's not asking you to clean it up. He didn't ask you to clean it up. He sat right in the middle of her house, right in the middle of her perceived mess. He sat down. And I think for some of us, we think when, oh, if I'm going to go to church or if I'm going to get my life right or if I'm going to get serious about Jesus, I need to start cleaning up. And Jesus never asked you to do that. He just said, hey, sit down. But God, my house, I don't want you to see this. I've already seen it. Sit down. But God, this, this space over here is like I put a curtain over it and I threw like a little piece, piece of newspaper on it because it looks gross. It's like festered and grown. I know. Just sit down. But God, do you need my help? I never needed your help. But God, I think this goes over there. Don't trust me. It looks better over here. But God, I, I want my friends to come over. They don't need to be in here right now. But God, what about, you know, I, I surely you don't want to stay in this house too long. It's got a leaky roof. He says, I'm your covering. Surely you don't want to be in this. My house has a weird smell to it. I don't know why. That's okay. I put a fresh aroma out. It's okay. When, we're for, when, we, begin, when we focus on the task and we're focused on trying to get our lives right, Jesus is like, listen, when you gave your life over to me, I will make your life right. I will restore you. I will redeem you. And what you deemed embarrassing and what you deemed a secret and what you deemed hurtful, I will make you new. I will take all the things out that don't belong in here and I'll put all the things in that belong to me. And I'm going to adjust it and I'm going to make it look good. All you need to do is sit here. What do you mean? I don't, God, I got to work. No, no, no. You never had to work for your salvation. You never had to work for me to love you. You never had to work for me to accept you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. There is no work that you need to do. Just sit here and watch me work. Now, this isn't in the Bible, but you know, I believe the Holy Spirit likes to use our imagination and this is just my imagination. This is what the Holy Spirit put in my imagination. I believe that right after that moment, I think Martha, she, oh, I, she got it. And she sat down as Jesus was talking. And as Jesus was speaking into her life and speaking life into her, she too began to realize, like, you know what? The stuff in the house is really not that important and the thing that she perceived as a mess the longer Jesus was in there and he was she was listening to him she was like oh it's, it's really not that big a deal the more she listened the more she stayed focused I, I, I believe by the end she was like oh I, what was I worried about what was I trying to what was I trying to do 
And I want to tell some of you guys that like, you don't have to organize, you don't have to shift, and you don't have to work for your salvation. Salvation is free in the name of Jesus. It is a gift from God. You never had to earn it. And I want to tell you guys that, listen, there are so many distractions in the world today. There are so many distractions, right? If we were to list them off, you could name five right off the bat. There's so many distractions, so many things pulling for your attention, so many things pulling to, 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 to get your mind. And you have to understand when you prayed that prayer last night or when you were in your car or when you sat at your desk or when you were in your room and you said, Jesus, I just need you to be in that room. I want to let you know you didn't have to beg him. You didn't have to plead him. He was in that room because he's omniscient and he's not bounded by anything. And so as, as soon as you said, Jesus, I, I'm broken and I'm lost and I'm empty and I need you like you didn't have to send an email you didn't have to send a text message you didn't have to put a, a request in he was right there with you he was just waiting for you to notice he's just waiting for you to slow down and notice he's just waiting to, for you to say oh you've been sitting here this entire time how come I didn't recognize you there are prayers that you guys are praying right now. God, we're trying to have, I want to I, I have a child. Lord God, I need a promotion. Lord God, I need a vision. Lord God, I, I don't like my job. I, I need a new direction. God, I need new, new, new focus, Lord. I don't know what's going on. And the thing is, is that we're praying that and we're so busy. We're so busy. And I, and I want to say this as, a, as God put it on my heart. Stop being busy. The answer's already there when you started praying for it. Prayer is just asking God to do what he already planned on doing. You don't have to twist his arm. You don't have to fix your house. All that you need is in Christ Jesus. He, Jesus, see, in that moment, Jesus didn't become what Martha needed. He always was what Mary and Martha needed. Mary just noticed it a little bit quicker than Martha did. He always was everything that she needed. And that's why I said Martha gets a bad rap sometimes because she was, it's okay. Right? It's like, Martha, you were a little slow on the, a little slow. Mary got it, and sometimes as Christians, we grade each other on how quickly someone gets it. Listen, it's not your job to tell someone else they haven't gotten it. It's not your job to tell someone, oh, you, you're missing it, you're not getting it. That's not your job. Because if you notice, Mary was so focused on Jesus, she didn't, she didn't worry about all that Martha was doing. And some of us, we want to sit there and be like, hey, you're making noise in the background. It doesn't matter. If you focus on Jesus, they're going to notice like, wow, they seem at peace in this time of chaos. What are they focused on? And I believe that culture Jesus wants us to be culture Jesus, right? He wants us to keep working and like Jesus is going to sit there and shout at us and be like, move that and move that and do this. Y'all who have a spouse know what I'm talking about. No, I'm just kidding. 
do this. And that's not who Jesus is. That's not who he is. Be still and know that he is God. His attention hasn't shifted off you. He doesn't hate you. He's just waiting for you to be focused on him and watch all the things that he will do in your life. Has everyone received that today? Let's, let's pray. If you're watching online and, and you're listening, wherever you're listening, and you're in this room and you're saying, Pastor, you know what, I feel like, like I'm Martha, like I'm trying to do so many things in my own strength and, and nothing's happening and nothing's working and, and I've been working in and out and, and I've been asking Jesus to show up, but I haven't seen him. I need you to pray for me. And then there are some in this room who you've never invited Jesus into your house, into your life. And when we say house, I mean your life. You haven't invited him into your life. And so if you're watching online or you're in this room and you're saying, Pastor, I've never, inv I've never even invited Jesus over to my house. I don't even think he knows where I live. I want to tell you today, today is the day of salvation. Today you can start a new story. Today you can start a new chapter and you can invite Jesus into your life and you can invite him into your house. And when he comes in, he's coming to rearrange everything. Nothing will be like it, what it was before. And he's going to make you new. And no, you don't have to go and clean up. And no, you don't have to go and get your life together first. Jesus says, I will get your life together when you give me your life. So if you're online, type in the chat, hey, could you pray for me? We're going to pray for you. If you're in the room right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want to invite him into my house, and I want him to be there forever. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you showed up today, that you were faithful to us. And, Lord God, we invite you into this place. For every person that doesn't have a relationship with you, that never invited you into their house, Lord God, I pray a prayer, Lord God, and rejoice for them because today you have saved their soul. If they made a decision to say, Lord God, I want you to come into my heart. I want you to come into my life. I turn away from my old wicked ways. I turn away from my own ways and I turn to you. It says that all of heaven is in uproar when just one gives their life to Jesus. Father, I want to pray for my fellow believers in here who've been distracted by the world while you're trying to give them direction and instruction. They've been distracted, Lord God. I've been distracted, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray right now that I just sit down at your feet. That I may receive instruction and insight. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that I don't begin to search for the Jesus I'm looking for, but that when you show up, you're everything I need. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for loving us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. What a good word this morning. Amen. Did y'all receive that? I know it was...
an on-time word the last few weeks. This whole series, Jesus, has been so amazing. So um, if you haven't been here the last few weeks or haven't tuned in online, you can catch up um, by going back and watching those on our YouTube fa uh, page or our Facebook um, just to catch back up to see because it's been a really, really incredible um, series so far. Um, but we're just so glad that you guys joined us here this morning, whether in person or viewing online. Uh, you could be at any other church, but you decided to be with us at Pioneer, and we're just so glad you did join us. Um, if it was your first time or you've been here before and you haven't filled out a Connect card, um, please do so. We want to get to know you and um, be a part of your life, get you involved with the community here. So if you're here in person and you want to fill one out, they're at the back table, and you can just drop it in the um, giving bucket before you leave. You can fill it out or you can do so online at pioneerchurch.com slash connect. That way we can, um, like I said, get to know who you are and just get you plugged into the community here. Um, another way to get plugged in is to be a part of our homesteads or our small groups. Um, we call them homesteads here, but um, they've been running for probably a couple months now. Um, they're every Wednesday night at six o'clock. We have two different groups that alternate. So this coming up Wednesday, um, it's going to be Pioneering Your Finances, which is led by Cody and Courtney Beaumont. Um, I know they've just been doing a great job with that. Just all about showing you how to steward your finances with what, what the Lord has blessed you with and being obedient in your giving. Um, I feel like everyone, no matter what stage of life, you could have that kind of wisdom in your life. Amen. So um, if you are interested in joining that group, you can sign up online, uh, pioneerchurch.com slash small groups. The other group that runs is Pioneering your relationships. Pastor Jeremy and myself teach that, and it's just been a great time to just share our experience and really what we've learned um, in allowing God to be the center of our relationship. No matter if you're married, engaged, single, um, if you just want more insight on how to be a better friend to somebody, that, that is why we want to have this group. So that runs um, not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday. So they just alternate. Um, so you can sign up again online, pioneerchurch.com slash small groups. We meet on the third floor um, every Wednesday at six. So be a part of that so you can get plugged in and meet some new people that you wouldn't rather or other talk to on a Sunday maybe. So um, it's a good way to get to know the people in your community as well. Um, here at Pioneer, we do believe in generosity and just living a generous life. And so we just ask that you give out of obedience of what God has placed on your heart. And so we give you a few different ways to do that. You can do it at our website, pioneerchurch.com slash give. You can text the amount to 84321 and it will send you a link to fill out all your information. Um, and then if you are viewing online and you want to send in something physical, you can do it to our PO box address which if you're watching online, all of that should be at the bottom of the screen. And it's also back here on the, the screen so you can see the information. Um, and then if you're here in person, you can also give with a giving envelope in the back and just put it in the flower pot before you leave. Um, and we have the flower pots because we do believe in sowing seeds into the kingdom. So you're not just sowing for Pioneer Church, but you're sowing to expand the kingdom of God. And we give to missionaries, we give to some children with Children's Cup, and it's just, and we give to a local classroom. So we, we give to all these different things. So you're not just sowing back into us, you're sowing out so that we can create environments for other people to, to experience God. Amen. 
So just give out of obedience of what you feel uh, the Lord is leading you to give. Um, we're not tugging on your arm to give $100. We know everyone can't do that. So you you give out of obedience and what the Lord has laid on your heart. Um, one other thing before, before we dismiss, uh, we do believe in prayer here and the power of that. And so we want to stand with you and believe for things in your life that you're, you're praying for. So you can fill out your prayer request online at pioneerchurch.com slash prayer. Um, if you have a praise report you want us to celebrate with you, you can fill that out there as well. Uh, we just want to partner with you in whatever way we can. And so prayer is one of the things that we can do. Um, I mean, there's even a banner here that says pray passionately. We just really believe in that. And we want to do life with you and believe that God is going to do something amazing and do a miracle in your life. So please fill that out. Um, and I believe if we have something you can fill out on the back as well, a little index card. So if you want to just fill it out in person and drop it in the bucket, you can do that as well. Um, well, I'm going to pray and we're going to be headed out. But it's been such an amazing time this morning. And I'm so glad you guys decided to join us and online as well. We're just so happy you tuned in with Pioneer this week. Um, but let's just um, stand together and we'll pray before we go. God, we just love you, and we just know that your presence was in this place, your sweet presence, God. So let us not um, leave this place without bringing it with us and knowing that the church is not this building, but it's, it's your people. So let us receive the word that you gave Pastor Jeremy this morning and just get rid of those distractions in our life and really sit before your feet so that we can be a light to people out of these walls, so that we can be um, light in the darkness of this time in this world, God. I pray that you will just keep us all safe this week and bring us back together next week so that we can worship you as a community and receive another word, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you guys and we'll see you next week at 1030. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.